Hello, this is Adrian Hendricks and Jerry Hendricks of Say One More Now Incorporated, where our focus is to lovingly confront all activities dishonoring human life created in the image of God. There is no greater dishonor to God and human life than to bypass by ignorance or rejection his salvation that is only available through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining us today. This message is entitled, Are You the One? God is and has always been an excellent teacher, and he uses many things to help us understand what he wants us to know. The Christmas season is no exception. Today, we turn our attention to his son Jesus, who, aside from his miraculous deeds, may be best known for his parables. Webster's 1828 Dictionary defines the noun parable as a fable or allegorical relation or representation of something real in life or nature from which a moral is drawn for instruction. In these parables, many references are made to animals, especially sheep. Jesus had some stunning things to say about sheep, as most of the time he compared people to sheep. For example, in Matthew 7:15, Jesus said, Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Here our Lord was saying that false prophets would appear to be like us, safe to be around, and we would think they could be trusted, but they cannot be trusted. At Matthew 10, verses 5 and 6, Jesus sent out disciples with specific instructions on where they were to go. These twelve Jesus sent forth and commanded them, saying, Go not into the way of the Gentiles, and into any city of the Samaritans enter not, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. The lost sheep of the house of Israel did not refer to actual sheep, but rather to descendants of Israel who were estranged from God. He also told them what their environment would be like and therefore what demeanor they would need to assume at Matthew chapter 10, verse 16. Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. Real sheep among wolves are defenseless and therefore subject to being attacked and eaten. Natural serpents usually avoid trouble and attack when they sense danger. Natural doves keep to themselves unless they are foraging for food. Jesus was alerting those disciples that the people with whom they would mingle were viciously hostile and therefore they should take care to be wearily observant, but also to behave in a way that posed no threat to others. And how did Jesus know this? because of the constant attempts these people made to ambush, discredit, and finally kill him. Just to be clear, these very people were called out by a righteous member of their group at John chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that you do except God be with him. In the same exchange, Jesus made an important revelation to Nicodemus at verse 13. And no man has ascended up to heaven but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. 
He that believes on him is not condemned, but he that believes not is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Jesus was quite clear about his assignment. He knew the differences and similarities between people and sheep. Matthew chapter 9 verse 36 records his response to a large gathering of people waiting to hear him speak. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Sheep untended by a shepherd and left to their own devices are lost, easy prey for ravening wolves, and unable to find their way to safety. Jesus knew that these people needed his help to know how to live and make it back home to his father. The wolves of which Jesus spoke frequently attacked him as he continued his assignment. In one instance, they surrounded him and thought they had trapped the Lord with a trick question. As always, Jesus baffled them with truth they continued to deny. Let's see what happened at Matthew chapter 12, verses 9 through 14. And when he was departed thence, Jesus went into their synagogue. And behold, there was a man which had his hand withered. And they asked him, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath days, that they might accuse him? And he said to them, What man shall there be among you that shall have one sheep? And if it fall into a pit on the Sabbath day, will he not lay hold on it and lift it out? How much then is a man better than a sheep? Wherefore it is lawful to do well on the Sabbath days. Then said he to the man, Stretch forth your hand. And he stretched it forth, and it was restored whole, like as the other. Then the Pharisees went out and held a council against him how they might destroy him. In another instance, a Gentile woman came to him begging help for her daughter. Jesus' answer indicated that his first priority did not involve her, but her answer revealed that she actually was one for whom he looked, and the Lord responded accordingly. In Matthew 15, verses 22 through 28, we hear that exchange. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coasts and cried to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, you son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with a devil. But he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she cries after us. But he answered and said, I am not sent but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not meet to take the children's bread and to cast it to dogs. And she said, Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Be it to you even as you want. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. We believe the Bible demonstrates that the most valuable currency to God is faith. This means to live out what God has said. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 4, Romans chapter 1 verse 17, Galatians chapter 3 verse 11, and Hebrews chapter 10 verse 38 all say, The just shall live by faith. Those who come to God by faith come to Him because they expect something from Him, and they keep on reaching for Him even if they don't always get what they want. Why the persistence? Because in the reaching, they discover that God Himself is the real need. In this discovery, we find the shock of shocks. We please God. The woman, even though a despised Gentile, had enough belief in Jesus' power to heal and enough shameless faith to be undaunted in her request. Jesus acknowledged her faith and healed the woman's daughter just as if she were a Jew. This is a very important lesson for us all. 
Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Later, Jesus answering a question from his disciples about his return describes that time at Matthew 25 verses 31 through 33. When the Son of Man shall come in his glory, and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory, and before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats, and he shall set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. There can be times when a shepherd must separate goats which may have joined a flock of sheep. Goats are quite independent and likely to move around and find food since they tend to eat almost everything. Goats are also able to jump over barriers and deftly scale rocky heights. Sheep, on the other hand, are not quite so able to take care of themselves. They are likely to follow any goats they see and can pick up dangerous habits from them. Sheep need their shepherd to see that they are led to food suitable for them. Sheep are also easily distracted and can get into life-threatening situations almost without trying. Author W. Philip Keller recounts a heartbreaking story that illustrates the vulnerable nature of sheep in his book, A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23. During his first year as a sheep rancher, some neglected and largely unfed sheep from his neighbor's ranch managed to get into his fields and gorge themselves in his pasture. The rich food was too much for three ewes, and they found themselves unable to move. Keller found them and returned them to their owner, who promptly slit the throats of all three sheep. He then reflected on how much better those poor sheep would have fared were they his instead of their owners, whom Keller compared with Satan. He observed that the attempts of the sheep to remedy their desperate situation without help left them in no better shape than if they had remained on their owner's ranch and starved. Immediately, Keller considered the futile efforts of people in desperate situations to remedy their circumstances and free themselves from the clutches of their cruel owner, Satan. Without rescue by Jesus, the Good Shepherd, they are just as lost and doomed as the hapless sheep. Jesus describes himself as Good Shepherd in explaining his relationship with those he came to save at John chapter 10. Verily, verily, I say to you, he that enters not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he that enters in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he puts forth his own sheep, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. This parable spoke Jesus to them, but they understood not which things they were which he spoke to them. Then said Jesus to them again, Verily, verily, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved, and shall go in and out, and find pasture. The thief comes not but for to steal, and to kill, and to destroy. I am come that they might have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But he that is in Harlan, and not the shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, sees the wolf coming, and leaves the sheep, and flees. And the wolf catches them, and scatters the sheep. The Harlan flees because he is a Harlan, and cares not for the sheep. 
I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and am known of mine. As the Father knows me, even so know I the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Therefore does my Father love me, because I lay down my life, that I might take it again. No man takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. There was a division therefore again among the Jews for these sayings. And many of them said, He has a devil and is mad. Why hear him? Others said, These are not the words of him that has a devil. Can a devil open the eyes of the blind? And it was at Jerusalem, the feast of the dedication, and it was winter. And Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch. Then came the Jews round about him and said to him, How long do you make us to doubt? If you be the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and you believed not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But you believe not, because you are not of my sheep, as I said to you. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give to them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father, which gave them me, is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. Then the Jews took up stones again to stone him. Jesus answered them, Many good works have I shown you from my Father. For which of those works do you stone me? The Jews answered him, saying, For a good work we stoned you not, but for blasphemy, and because that you, being a man, make yourself God. Jesus answered them, Is it not written in your law? I said, You are gods. If he called them gods, to whom the word of God came, and the scripture cannot be broken, say you of him, whom the Father has sanctified and sent into the world, You blaspheme, because I said, I am the Son of God. If I do not the works of my Father, believe me not. But if I do, though you believe not me, believe the works, that you may know and believe that the Father is in me and I in him. Disbelief of Jesus' works, which actually came from God, were refused by the pharisaical wolves. We are not saying this is so, but constant harassment by these people may have caused Jesus' disciples to wonder about which people were important and which were not. In the 18th chapter of Matthew, they asked him who was the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Jesus' answer is a lesson for us all. Starting at verse 2, And Jesus called a little child to him and set him in the midst of them, and said, Verily I say to you, except you be converted and become as little children, you shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Whosoever therefore shall humble himself as this little child, the same is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoso shall receive one such little child in my name receives me. But whoso shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me, it were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and that he were drowned in the depth of the sea. We must make an important point here. The word offend is from the Greek skandalizo, which means to put a stumbling block or impediment in the way upon which another may trip and fall, metaphorically to offend, to entice to sin, to cause a person to begin to distrust and desert one whom he ought to trust and obey, to cause to fall away, 
to be offended in one, that is, to see in another what I disapprove of and what hinders me from acknowledging his authority, to cause one to judge unfavorably or unjustly of another. One could say, in the sense Jesus is using this word, offend means to cause one who is either a child or possessing the winsome characteristics of a child to be estranged from God. Now hear the warning of the Lord starting at verse 10. Take heed that you despise not one of these little ones, for I say to you that in heaven their angels do always behold the face of my Father which is in heaven. For the Son of Man is come to save that which was lost. How think you, if a man have a hundred sheep and one of them be gone astray, does he not leave the ninety and nine and goes into the mountains and seeks that which is gone astray? And if so be that he find it, verily I say to you, he rejoices more of that sheep than of the ninety and nine which went not astray. Friend, it is neither a coincidence nor an accident that you are hearing this message. God sent his son, Jesus, to find all of his lost sheep. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us word, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. This is really what Christmas is all about. People can get wrapped up in the thought of a baby born to a poor teenager in a place where animals are kept and the romance evoked by visualizations to which we are usually accustomed can, at times, overshadow the main point God was teaching us, that is this. God dispatched a choir of angels to shepherds so they could announce his shepherd who would grow up to demonstrate God's reality, gather God's lost sheep, and do everything needed to bring them back home. We have a question here though. Are you the one God sent Jesus to find? Are you one of his precious beloved sheep? Are you like the earlier described desperate lost sheep, cold and wet from exposure to the elements, emaciated from neglect and malnourishment, broken from the wounds afflicted by cruel, ruthless predators, looking for death from a cruel master, yet still carrying a faint gleam of hope in your eyes that there is help for you somehow, somewhere, from someone who cares for you? Or are you full of all the good things life can offer and have tried to live the best life you know, but you have no idea what will come after death that awaits us all and are living with the silent terror of it? Are you the one Jesus is looking for? Please don't turn away. If you are concerned that you don't qualify because you are not of Jewish descent, remember the story of the Canaanite woman. Jesus is looking for those who are looking for him even if they don't know they are looking. Does this message resonate in your heart? Please don't shut it down. Call out to Jesus right now and tell him that even though you have done things your way and rejected him, you are now ready for him to be your good shepherd forever. Let him come speak to you in the way that only he can. He will prove to you, just as he has done for everyone who now belongs to him, that his payment for you with his blood was deliberate, not an accident, and that it was not only sufficient, but like he said at John 10, 28, and 29, I give to them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. 
These are not only truths you can know with great confidence, but they can deepen your assurance to the point that no matter what the future holds, God can be trusted utterly to take good loving care of all who belong to him, even if he calls them his sheep. We at Save One More Now Incorporated encourage all listeners to seek the Lord for his calling on your life. If you faithfully spend time with him throughout the day, you will come to know without a doubt that he really loves you and he has a purpose for your being here. We can be reached by email at truelife at saveonemorenow.org or our telephone number in the United States, 850-727-0493. We look forward to joining you next week and ask you to remember, Life is good. God gives life. God is good.